Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. Impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Well. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Hello and welcome to In This League on FNTSY. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. The Welsh is off this week. No Welsh, but it's me and it's Casey Bubba for three hours. Casey, what's going on? What is going on, my friend? Congrats to Welsh and uh, the good times. But uh, three hours of me, I guess, is the final countdown for me. That's, just the, way, that's the way I see it because the complaints might pour in hard. You know, most people don't listen to hour three of a three-hour show, but now they're forced to listen to me the whole time. So we'll see how this goes. Oh, I've n- I've heard z- literally zero negative about you being on the show. People, uh, in fact, have said, I love Casey. I like this final hour. That's what I've heard. I've heard literally no complaining. So it's good. It's good to see my PayPal reach your account that's that's good that's right that's right still working that would be uh scott bogman at gmail.com or at bogman on venmo for anybody who wants compliments on this show i am a total whore just pay me i'll do it so (laughs) (laughs) i mean we've got a lot to cover here today i mean first of all how are all your teams going with bi-week apocalypse has it been uh terrible for you setting lineups it's been off and on like the week I didn't have McCaffrey obviously stunk, but for the most part, I've been okay. The running back position is always bad as it is because of injuries and everything. And then when the bye weeks hit list late in the year, that's been tricky. Like last week I had to start Rashad Penny in a deep league. That was no fun. Um, situations like that are very challenging. Overall, I'd say I'm pretty happy. I guess the most tilting thing is in my longtime home league, which I won a couple years ago, and I really want to win because that's the one that matters the most to you, is I am leading the league in points, 
we play two teams a week and I'm still nine and nine on the season. <laughs> and, and, and every week when they give me the, uh, the preview of the next matchup, they said, well, if you play this person's schedule, I was going to be 12 and six or better in everybody else's league this year. Oh, so it's oh, been, it's oh. been tons and tons of fun right now. <laughs> uh, well, I, I tell you what, still alive in guillotine down to seven. I, so. I figured that's why I was on the air. So I figured we were that's right. Uh, I I might have gone with just three different people if I had gotten eliminated, and, and we we were close there for a second. Uh, Sunday night football saved us though, but um, uh, the Welsh was a cut this week, so he's, oh, a convenience. He's very oh yeah, and he's gone right. He's very upset about it, of course. But uh, what are you gonna do? I mean, look, I think if I'm gonna get cut soon. You know, I don't even know if I would put it on this week. I mean, it's always a possibility down to seven. You know, e- even if you have a good week, you can yeah. still lose. But well, um, it, it's like the old survivor saying, would you rather lose week one or be like the final three, not take the cut and just lose then? Which right. one would you prefer? Oh, I'd rather be out first. But yeah, I, I don't want to know I'm that close to glory and then just get it sniped by like the Jets <laughs> losing to the Dolphins or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's uh that's the most it's yeah, just like getting knocked out in a poker tournament and like one spot out of the money. It's the same deal. So uh, I, I like that I'm this late in the season. But next week when Green Bay is on a bye week, I'm going to lose a rod and uh, Aaron Jones if I finish well enough this week. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I've got Alvin Kamara coming back, so I'm excited about that. Aaron Rodgers and uh, Aaron Jones still going this week. So. Uh, We'll see. But let's talk about the games from last week. Let's do a quick little review and then we will go into our picks. And this will take a little bit longer than normal. If you guys have uh, normally listened to Bubba and I, we do about an hour. But the Welsh and I also do an hour picking games. So uh, this this should extend a little bit here. But looking at the London game and I had this pick completely wrong and you had it picked right as far as the over goes, 26 to three, the Texans beat the Jaguars, Bubba. I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And this is probably it for Minshew, right? Sadly, it is the end of Minshew. They've already announced uh, Nick Foles will be starting the next game for the Jaguars, which is a shame. You, you kind of saw it coming <laughs> with, with the money. But, you know, Minshew, to me, it, he hasn't done enough to be like clowned on the way people have. But that's the Twitter world we live in. I thought he's been good. I watched part of that game. I know you were sleeping, so I, I, I can talk for you. Yeah. Um, he he was running for his life a lot. He threw some passes that his receivers dropped. You no, know, D.D. Westbrook. It, it was ugly. He didn't look great. I'm not going to say that, but he still threw for 309 yards, which is pretty darn good in any level of the NFL. So it, it sucks it's over. I'm really curious to see how the offseason goes because he's, he's one of those commodities if – the Jaguars are anywhere close to the brains of the New England Patriots. You can go trade a backup quarterback for like a second round pick, but um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Minshew mania is on hold. It is not over. We aren't in cancel culture here. It is on hold, <laughs> folks. Uh, okay, so well, let me ask you this about Minshew since we're climbing on in on him a little bit here. Where do you do you think he is traded in the off season? I think him or Foles, honestly. I think I think one of the two because you have a legitimate. You have two. You have two guys that can start in the National Football League, and I get it if you're like a really competitive team, like we saw with the Chiefs having Matt Moore. We've seen with other teams. If you have a really good backup, because you're going to be competitive, it makes sense. The Jags aren't going to be really competitive these days. You have the Colts that are good. You have the Texans that are good. 
I don't see the Jags making miracle leaps next year. They could. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. They shocked us a couple years ago. But you would imagine you could trade Minshew or Foles. Minshew is probably easier to move, as you're kind of hinting at, and get something back to build in the draft. I would be shocked if they both are on the opening day roster next season. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be surprising, too. Well, let me ask you this, though. How about you're the Bengals and you finish dead last? You know, the the Dolphins beat you. You don't want a game this year, whatever, however it works. You have the number one overall pick and you can trade a third to get Minshew and then you can take Chase Young with the first pick in the draft or you can draft Tua. What, what do you think you would do if you're the GM of the Bengals in a situation like that? Well, if if um, they were smart like you and I, you would trade for Minshew and then take uh, use your number one pick to get the best defensive player in the draft. But it's the Bengals, so they probably <laughs> won't. And they'll take Herbert from Oregon or something and really blow this whole thing up. But the Bengals won't do the smart thing. Let's put it that way. They should. I agree. That make too much sense to get Minshew with a third round pick and go get the best defensive player in the draft. And we'll talk about A.J. Green in a second there. But uh, all right, so the rest of this game, uh, they they um, you picked this game right. So Houston won, uh, and in convincing fashion, to 26-3 in London. You had the over, didn't go over. I actually did the opposite of you. I had Jacksonville in the under, so uh, I got half of this as well. But on the props, um, <laughs> over. Uh, Deshaun Watson and his one eye only threw for 201 yards, but they didn't need to uh, because they were up. Uh, And then Hopkins, eight and a half. He had eight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. The hook. Always the hook, boys Uh, and girls. Always the hook. And then Fournette only had 40 rushing yards. He had 32 receiving yards. So uh, he would have had, you know, 72 total yards. He would have been close if it was total yards, but over each just couldn't muster it here. Um, anything else on this game or go to the next one here? It was pretty bad overall. The Texans, uh, they surprised me doing as well as they did. Uh, Fournette getting shut down was shocking. And anybody that owned a Sean Watson or Nuke got lucked out late in the fourth quarter there because Nuke was down like at the one yard line a couple times. Mm. And then Fells got a touchdown. I think Watson ran one in. Newt got his late on like a one or two yard touchdown pass. Otherwise, it would have been a dreadful Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, Washington at Buffalo. Buffalo wins 24 to nine here. Uh, you picked Washington for an unexplicable reason. I'm not 100 percent sure why uh, you did take the under. You were right there. And uh, the props, you were one of three. Not bad. Uh, so <laughs> what what did what did you think of this one? <laughs> It's one, nice. in, it's, it's one and two, by the way, so it's better than last time. One and two. But, you're right. I can't do math. <laughs> but but what, what I thought about this one is we, we talked about it last week. It appears it's the Devin Singletary show, folks. Like, this is big boy stuff here. It increases workload even more. We saw it two weeks ago when they were behind. He was a big part of the passing game. This week when they're in front, 20 carries. Uh, Frank Gore, you know, go work on that rocking chair, my friend, because Devin Singletary is here to stay, it looks like. And, and that's really big. Other than that, the Redskins did everything they could to keep the ball out of Dwayne Haskins hands. And uh, it really showed a lot. And that's why they got smoked in this game. Is John Brown good? Yes, I actually had this discussion on the Fantrax Radio uh, DFS show on the Fantrax Radio Network last night, uh, earlier this week. And um, it's frustrating because consistently from a DFS perspective, and I guess this works in PPR formats, he's putting up 10 or more points almost every week. I think his lowest point total this year is nine and a half points. 
from a fantasy perspective, he's been very consistent. Guys you like to put in your roster, and, and it doesn't really matter who he's facing. The frustrating part is he's not scoring. He's not scoring any touchdowns. Cole Beasley, he, I think he scored for the third straight week, and he still gets you like eight points a week. Doesn't even get you double digits, and he finds the end zone. So I would say, yes, John Brown is good. He's just not appreciated because he doesn't find Pater, and we live in a world where everyone wants to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's unfortunate. So uh, I, I think actually, you know what? Oh, you picked under here. I almost marked you. See, I did it right the first time. Look at that. I was double. I was second guessing myself. Um, Haskins. I, I mean, I look, I don't think Haskins should have started any games this year for the Redskins. And that's not I'm not trying to knock him, but he only had one year starting at Ohio State. And now they're, they're wanting to make him the starter. He's going to start again uh, coming up here. I mean, can you trust anybody? Terry McLaurin moving forward or any of these guys? I get, you know, Peterson had a nice game here, but Geis is coming back. They're saying Peterson is going to keep his job, though. 18 carries, 108 yards against a good, um, you know, against a good Buffalo rush defense. What do you think about the Redskins offense as a whole moving forward? It's it's very very tough. Like you said, is he shouldn't have been playing period this year, Dwayne Haskins, and they just kind of ran out of options. Is the shame of it all, and it really stings because if you were a Terry McLaurin owner, he'd been great. We all know we don't have to preach to it. I guess the takeaways you could say is he still has you know four catches and back to back, or he got four catches this week, one catch, four catches. You can hope things pan out um, and he gets going because these guys were college teammates, like they dominated in the college game we're just not seeing it right now if uh adrian peterson keeps his job they need to fire their they already need to fire their head coach but um <laughs> it, with, with guys active finally and healthy if you're not using guys you need to just be gone very simple yeah i guess the only argument i would have against that is that guys has had you know a couple games in the nfl here and he's got hurt in you know, he got hurt in his very first preseason game, and then he got hurt in his very first regular season game. So, I and you're not winning anything this year if you're the Redskins. So, I guess, I guess you're right there. I mean, I don't mind easing him in, but like if he looks good and he looks spry, and you're not running him to help out your young quarterback, that's kind of the thing is you can't really tank when you're putting in a young guy. You want to win games with him, and you want him to build confidence on top of it. So. Uh, the, I guess that would just be the, the thing that I would say about guys. And I've held on to guys for the entire season in guillotine. I've had him and we don't have IL spots. So um, I've been hanging on and hanging on and hanging on from waiting for him to make his debut. And now they're like, ah, we're going to stick with Peterson. He's no, just great. wait. Just wait. They'll in- inch him back in this week. And the next week he goes, ouch, ouch. I'm on your hair when Aaron Jones is on your bench and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll cast him asunder. Goodbye. Um <laughs> Tennessee at Carolina. Uh, the line here is Carolina minus three and a half and 42 was the over. It was wound up 30 to 20 in the Panthers favor here. You had Carolina. You had the under here. Uh, what did you see in this one? Hey, uh, Kyle, Kyle Allen haters. Not too bad, huh? Not too bad. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. I went through that one quite a bit last week. But, um, yeah, he gets the job done. He's a good game manager. DJ Moore, another big, big game. And, oh, yeah, this run CMC guy. He's pretty good at football, um, not too shabby on the Panther side of things. The Titans side, though, it was quite interesting. For a second straight week, Ryan Tannehill was a, a QB1. He's made two stars. Now he's been a QB1 both weeks when it comes to fantasy. And I don't know what the play calling was in Tennessee. The first half, Derrick Henry barely touched the ball. Carolina's got one of the worst rush defenses on the planet. 
Second half, he gets a bunch of carries, gets a rushing touchdown, gets a receiving touchdown. By the end of the day, you're happy fantasy-wise, but they were already so far behind. I, I don't get what they were doing in the entire first half. They're on 17 nothing at the half, and they never gave Henry the ball. But the Panthers looked very, very good. Great bounce-back game from them after getting just trounced by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, other than that, not a whole lot else I can uh, take away from this game. I'm going to make you uh, the GM of many teams today. You, you, you're the GM of the Titans now. You've already been the GM of the Bengals once today. But now you got fired over there uh, because the Bengals. They don't because make they went win lists. I get it. Yeah, they don't make smart decisions. They fired you, and Tennessee picks you up. Are, are you keeping Mike Vrabel, or are you looking for someone new? That's a tough one. That's really tough. It's like they sneak into, they stuck into the playoffs last year, didn't they? They were real close to it. Um, they're four and five right now. It's just a, there's a few wins a game from a wild from from a wild card. I would keep him for now. If this thing tanks hard at the rest of the way, you probably need to go a separate way. But these guys are close. Like he does. Like there's there's moments where they look like a really good football team, and then there's moments when they just look lost. I think the fact he got rid of, he benched Mariota. That would keep him in my good graces. Like he saw, <laughs> like he saw this, and we're improving without him because most most coaches would stick with this guy. Oh, he was a number one pick. Blah 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 blah. No, he's not that good in the pro in the NFL. Sorry, Tannehill is 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 better, which is scary, but he's actually making them competitive again. I'd probably hang on to him for now. Boy, this uh, this really sounds like a guy with a Ryan Tannehill jersey. So yep. uh, yeah. what's if this was if this was a video, I, I put it on just for you. What's funny is, is early in the season, I was talking with uh, Gabe Morenci, uh, who's on Sports Grid uh, doing all the stuff. And we were talking about Tua and he compared he compared Tua to Mariota. He said, I don't know that Tua is much better than Marcus Mariota. And I was like, oh, that's a God. that's a. That's that's a that's not not a good uh, endorsement there. No, no, and that was early in the season. I don't know how much Gabe watches, you know, film and all that stuff. But uh, I thought that was interesting, like because I feel like Tua would be a nice replacement for Mariota, for Ryan Tannehill, some guys like that. I just, for whatever reason, I feel like he he would be better. I think Marcus Mariota is kind of soft spoken. That was one of the knocks on him uh, coming into the draft, and it's hard to lead uh, an NFL team when you're kind of a background guy, you know what I mean? You have to be charismatic. You have to be in there. You got to be calling Aaron Andrews baby on live television, you know, Oh, baby, baby uh, feels great, baby. So you got to be doing all that stuff to, uh, to be a leader, I think. And I think that's really what Marcus Mariota is missing is command of the huddle. And then he's also not good when he's out there. So when you don't have either one of those, you know, like Gardner Minshew has command of the huddle, you know that. Yes. So he may not be great every week, but he, he's got their attention at least. But uh, we have to take a break here and we'll be right back. We'll break down the rest of last week's games and then get into this week's games right here on FNTSY Radio. NFL 
season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know how you're feeling right now. Stop it, stop it, don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh, in the bleed. today so if you want to get some football in we're gonna potentially if we have time talk some baseball at the end too we're both in the pitchers list expert mock draft how, how do you like your team so far uh as i tweeted out right before here i made my 10th pick we're in around 10 or 11 now in the, the second draft and i have four starting pitchers which is something i never do so Ooh. i have gone i've gone completely off the rails it's gotten wild but it's, it's fun. I, I love doing baseball year round. So it's fun to keep, you know, learning things, doing player stuff, you know, doing the black book right now. I, I've already ranked 40 catchers. So I hate oh my myself. God. And um, yeah, I, you guys weren't joking when the new guy gets the catchers and relievers. I, I see what you, you mean. Now. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. So oh, I know I, I, this is not me complaining. This no, is me no. understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 40 catchers like I, I get to catchers rank them for the offseason I go oh god 
I want to rank like four. You know what I mean? Like, look, take the good ones and then wait for someone else to show up. That's basically my strategy on catchers every single year. And it works most years, you know. Well, that's that's the hardest part is after I got by past like seven, maybe nine of them, the rest of them all felt the same to me. It's like, okay, I'll just pick whoever's available. It's like a kicker in football. Whatever's left at the end, I'll take that guy. Right. And- I'm sure there's some uh, hardcore strategy that can go into selecting a kicker or a catcher or something. And, and maybe I'm worse for not um, diving that far deep into it. But I just like, I mean, I, I'm kind of with our guy Seeley who doesn't want uh, kickers involved anymore in fantasy. And it's more because of the bye week than anything. You know, it's aggravating to have to draft a kicker or pick one up in free agency and then have to deal with their bye week as well. And it's kind of the same deal with catcher, except it's a flaw with catcher. You have to deal well, with a flaw. Either they're good and they don't play every day or they hit well, but they don't catch well uh, or they uh, catch well, but they don't hit well. And they drag down your whole team. I hate it. Or you play in a two catcher league because you really hate yourself, no, and it, it just no. makes it even worse. Like that, that, that's the, the people that that sit on the two catcher league pedestal. We've we've argued many times, <laughs> many, many times. Uh, you like, know what we should do for those people? We should we should find the argument and then like put a link. Here you go, join our fan tracks league with no catchers. How about that? Yeah. No, I'm going to send you a link. It's a catchers only league. You play five catchers a week. Enjoy. Oh, my God. Yeah. And also it comes with a noose. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about? Sorry, I got a little dark. Uh, what about uh, Chicago at Philly? You had Philly this in this one. Sure. You had the over. Um, nothing panned out in this game. There was barely any <laughs> offense at all. It was a sad, sad game. It's actually, you know what? The Steelers played early this week. It was a decent game. It was a decent week to miss some of these early games uh it was the eagles had 373 yards the bears had 164 trubisky is an issue um and i'm just like i i I always thought that trubisky kind of got a hard time and um maybe he didn't deserve it but after this game with the eagles being so bad at pass defense and playing so well against trubisky uh, I think it's kind of obvious now that the problem is mitch trubisky so what did you see in this game well, what I saw, like you, you said big time is Trubisky's a mess. I don't really know where they can go from here to go back to Chase Daniels, I guess, which that didn't work out as well as we hoped it would. But like Mitchell is going through the clubhouse these days, telling people to turn TVs off because he doesn't like hearing the negativity about the Bears right now. If he's that concerned between the years, I am scared of when a linebacker is ready to blitz right about now. So it's not good. But David Montgomery, two scores. I helped him a lot. Uh, Jordan Howard, revenge narrative. He played well. Zach Ertz had a monster game, which is huge. Djax was back for a little bit. Djax is now gone for the year, which stinks because he makes Ertz a better player. But it was good to see Ertz have a big game. Hopefully the bye week helps the Eagles kind of fine-tune this offense that the weapons are there, a lot of them from past you know, the Super Bowl, and they're just not clicking right now. So hopefully this bye week will help. And the Bears, 3-5 and five right now, they're going to be very, very lucky if they get the 500 this year. Yeah, I mean, it's ugly. It's brutal for the Bears this year. And, uh, I mean, would you rather have... Trubisky has some nice raw skills, but uh, I think Trubisky is kind of... He's probably a lot like Haskins where he shouldn't have started and then he got in there and he looked okay, which helped his confidence. And then this year, it's just been an absolute S show. I mean, there's no other way to describe it here. But are you... It, now you're the Bears GM. Many GM hats for Casey Bubba today. Um, 
Are you sticking with Trubisky or would you try to maybe draft someone, sign someone, trade for Min, uh, Minshew or someone like that? Maybe Cam Newton. I think Newton would be an actually really good fit there. And I know that's scary for many to hear, but I think he's a, a really good spot. I would be moving on from Trubisky. Uh, I don't know if I draft someone per se, unless it was like a third or a fourth round pick. I wouldn't be like aggressive on it because I think there's other issues in Chicago. But I, I'd be moving on from Mitch. Maybe Mitch will be good someday. I think he's just – he's not meant for Chicago because there's been so much damage already. The the issues, like I said, going on between his ears, I don't know if he's got what it takes to bounce back from that. And I think I've said it on this show before or somewhere else. I wasn't the biggest Trubisky guy coming out of college. I was like, he played at North Carolina, and he didn't really knock my socks off in North Carolina. What is What are people saying? I think you were the one that told me of what other people, like they fell in love with him, and it, it's backfired. And you got to take your L with this one and walk away and start a new next season. Yeah, and I mean, how much of the blame goes on Matt Nagy? Because Nagy came out like gangbusters last year. Everything clicked. Everything looked great. The Bears were awesome. Um, and it's kind of faded this year. Uh, to me, it seems like when I watch the Bears offense, outside of Trubisky's struggles, it's trying to be too cute. You know, like uh, Matt Nagy's trying to be the smartest guy in the room. We're going to make a play with Cordero Patterson here. We're going to make a play with Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller. And it always has to be some weird motion and, and uh, all that stuff, which is fine. Um, but I think that stuff is better for when you're hiding what's bad and what's bad is the quarterback. So I think they need to get back to more basics, you know, throw the ball downfield early kind of open up those lanes so that Dave Montgomery can get a little more wiggle room, uh, you know, in the second, third quarter and start ripping off some big runs and things like that. Get back to basics a little bit more than trying to run jet sweeps with Cordero Patterson every third goddamn play. I'm sick of it. Yeah, Patterson needs to be nowhere near the field. What they need to use is Trubisky is good when he's being mobile. Like, I, I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but. They, they've been tweeted out many times when he's outside the pocket and moving around, rolling out. He's actually really good. And, and that's something that they should be able to utilize. And a good offensive mind, like people said Nagy was, they should be able to utilize that. So it's kind of frustrating. We, we saw Wentz do that when, with Nagy back in the, the Super Bowl runs. He moved around and everything. and it was, it was great. They need to get back to that. If they can get Trubisky mobile, they might have more success with him. Yeah, and I think it's just more, even more condemnation towards Trubisky when you know, Matt Nagy is the guy that resurrected Alex Smith's career. Like he was great with Alex Smith and he can't turn Trubisky into anything. So I will see how it goes for the rest of the year. I would give Trubisky at least the rest of the year to change my mind, but I don't think he's going to uh, going on over here to Kansas City and Minnesota. You picked the Chiefs. They won straight up. I believe you also said on this show that they're going to win straight up, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Look at that. Look at this guy. Genius here. I definitely yeah. picked the Vikings. I was all over the Vikings. I didn't want Matt Moore. Uh, I didn't want to rely on Matt Moore for a win. But um, Kansas City offense, it sputtered a little bit. Uh, Matt Moore was good, but Damian Williams, who everyone's all on his jock now, when he had one ninety-one yard rush for a touchdown, I'm sick of that nonsense. Uh, but I, I don't want any part of this. Uh, rushing game for Kansas City moving forward. But uh, what did you see in this one? Uh, the same thing I've been seeing a lot is Matt Moore is a very good backup quarterback. Not an every time, not an every week quarterback, but good backup. Tyreek Hill, you know, another week healthy, another big week for Tyreek, which is great to see. 
the passing game was good, though, and, and Moore did what a good quarterback does. If you look at the targets per the game, Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, they all were heavily targeted and big factors in the game. That helps uh, the rest of that offense out. And Damian Williams, as much as you don't want to be uh, – you don't want a piece of the running game, if anyone's going to, it's Damian's show right now. Ever since McCoy fumbled two weeks ago, it's yeah. been the Damian Williams show, and that's just the harsh reality of it. So that's who you're going to want to go to if you're going to. When you look at the Viking side of things, though, they didn't play horrible, but it wasn't great. The fact Dalvin Cook couldn't get going against his Chiefs team is very frustrating. And, um, you know, Thielen played one play and he's out. So you're going to want to look at, uh, you know, Johnson this weekend, who's found the end zone in like two or three straight games with Thielen out of the way. And uh, it might be a big weekend for Diggs. But in this game, the Vikings were underwhelming and the Chiefs did just enough to get it done and a big field goal late to win it. Now, uh, going over here to the uh, Miami Dolphins beating the New York Jets. Come on, let's Woo-hoo! go. Uh, very exciting game here. I mean, Fitzpatrick was great, 288 and three touchdowns. Uh, didn't get anything going on the run game, and now Mark Walton is suspended like an idiot for four games. And you lost Preston Williams, who scored two touchdowns here yeah, for the year. So it was a costly victory, to say the least. Yes, it was costly. It cost him the number one pick. It cost him an undrafted free agent receiver. It was very costly, but um, it was good to see Fitzmagic. Uh, I think we talked about it last week. He's once they put him in, it's like they actually didn't want to win football games because Rosen wasn't going to win football games, and that's the harsh reality of it. Fitzmagic is going to, but uh, we got to see Mike Jacecki have a big, big game. Hopefully, things to come there and Devonte Parker. Other than that, it was um, – I don't know, Boggs. Maybe you you know, uh, being you know, the historian that you are. <laughs> when was the last time you saw both very bad football teams get a safety in the same game? That was pretty impressive. Ooh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. So, uh, I don't remember. I To be honest, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen well, – how, how many safeties have there been this year? Four? Yeah, I don't know the exact number. I just, I just laughed when this game – had two of them. It was amazing. <laughs> well, maybe it's six because I don't think I saw either one of them. NFL safeties 20. That might just show me the position, though. We'll see. Did, did you at least see how the Jets, uh, the Dolphins got the Jet safety? Did you see that one at least? No, I didn't. Um, there was just a complete missed snap with Darnold. And he just kind of stared at the ball bouncing. Oh, it was pretty, oh. It was, it was pretty good. What do you yeah, think? Lego the whistle had, was blowing? Lego had an issue. Come on. I think he would see ghosts. I don't know. That it's that uh it's that wig hair that Lego people have. And it covers <laughs> his ears. He wasn't sure. He thought he heard the whistle. Uh going over to uh the Steelers beating the Colts 26-24. You it, I think this one's hilarious because you got all the props right. Uh, but you got the game and the <laughs> over wrong. Uh, but I mean, how are you supposed to know Jacoby Brissett was going to get hurt in uh, early in this game and go out? And then we got Hoyer, the destroyer for the rest of it. So uh, how, how did you what did you see in this game? Um, Vinatieri, another struggle. I don't blame it on him. You know, you've seen all the clips on what could and couldn't go wrong there. But what I did see is Brian Hoyer got the job done to keep him in the game. Zach Pascal was was a, a nice target of mine last week and played well again this week. But Jalen Samuels, man, 13 targets, 13 catches for the Steelers. And Trey Edmonds, 12 for 73. You're the steel curtain man here. What is going on? Trey Edmonds, Jalen Samuels, we might have no Connor this week. Is like Trey Edmonds actually something to look at? Well, Trey Edmonds is actually more hurt than Connor now. So uh, that, <laughs> that that's actually uh, a problem. He hurt his rib, I believe, Tuesday in practice. 
didn't practice Wednesday and Connor got in there uh, for limited action and they were both back Thursday uh, from what I remember seeing. But uh, I don't know that Edmonds is going to play, but I think Connor gets in here. But I think this is one of those where uh, Connor will push himself and uh, he will be uh, like I, he got hurt in that Chargers game. And I was like, well, there's no reason we're up big for him to come back in. And then he comes back in because he wants to play. You know, he's he's one of those guys that it doesn't matter. I don't care if I'm hurt. I'm playing. So um, I think he's going to come back a little too early. And Jalen Samuels is going to get some, uh, some more run in this game. But Trey Edmonds ripped off a 45 yard run. Uh, real early in this one. So the rest was just kind of stacking. He's he was like the Kmart version of Damian Williams in this game <laughs> where he ripped off a big one and everyone's like, oh, look at these numbers. And uh, and then he got banged up in practice. So we'll see. But um, I mean, 13 catches for Jalen Samuels because they still won't let Mason Rudolph throw the ball deep. So, um, I mean, I just don't know yeah, how well, anyone can trust the, the Steelers offense with Rudolph at the helm. So, because they don't. And that answers my question. I was going to say, what did you think of Rudolph? You know, he didn't lose you the game, but he didn't really do much. But I guess he just answered that question. Yeah, I mean, he just, uh, you know, 26 completions for 191 yards. What do you think Aaron Rodgers would have on 26 completions? That's 400 yards, right? Come on. So You would hope so, unless he's facing the Chargers, apparently. Let the kid throw the ball downfield, for God's sake. Just let him do it. Well, uh, if he throws it, picks, he's going to throw picks. You're going to lose those games anyway. So you're going to keep well, beating third-string quarterbacks? You know, I mean, that that's what you had to do to get a win here. We're, we're seeing a trend that these games are breaking down with, uh, you know, Trubisky and Rudolph and a lot of these young quarterbacks that – played in different systems in college. And it seems like these, these OCs don't want to conform to and, and play to the kids strengths. They want to play to the NFL standards and somehow it's not working out. I don't know how they don't see this, but you know, you and me who, you know, we like to drive through and get our dinners and come back. We can figure this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just let the kid throw the ball downfield and they haven't done it yet, but let's move on before I start pulling my hair out. Uh, Detroit at Oakland. And, and that was in a win, <laughs> you know, and they got to 500. I should be happy. I'm not happy. Uh, Detroit at Oakland. Oakland was favored by two in this game. Uh, you took Oakland in the over. I thought you were being a silly goose. I definitely did not do that. I took Detroit in the over. So I only got half of this one. But what do you see in this Raiders victory? Uh, this Raiders offense is clicking more and more. These words are very difficult to say. So I hope <laughs> this comes across clearly. John Gruden is doing something good in Oakland. Knock if you're with. Knock on wood if you're with. Me. Yeah. But uh, it, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can go deep into this game if you want. But do you agree that this might not be a fluke anymore? They've looked better and better as the season's gone on, and they got some really cush matchups coming up. I just don't know who Derek Carr is. I was super impressed with Derek Carr when he started in the NFL. Looked amazing. I was all in. Uh, he was going to get the Raiders back on track. He got him to the playoffs, and he got hurt, and McGloin had to start, of course. But uh, I was all in. And then the last couple years, uh, especially last year, he looked horrific, uh, Derek Carr did. And, and he looked decent in the first half of the game against the Rams uh, to open it up last year. And then I remember he threw a couple picks and he just wouldn't throw the ball deep. And it was just after that, it was like there he was basically what Mason Rudolph is this year, where if he, he gets gun shy throwing the ball deep and he doesn't want to do it, so he keeps taking these shorter routes, and that's not going to stack. You're not going to stack plays doing that. And he just has more of that. 
I'm going to throw it and I'm going to chuck it. He has more of that gunslinger mentality this year. So I'm I'm with you. I, I knocked on wood, man. I'm with you. He's been he's been great. And uh, I I hope there's an end in sight because Raider fans are annoying. But um, uh, <laughs> there's not. They're, yeah. they're going to they're gonna fight for the wild card. They, they you, heard, you heard it here right now. They, yeah. they, it's happening. And they'll probably get it over the Steelers, and I'll be super aggravated. But we got a couple more games to break down, and then we'll get into the Week 10 schedule. we got to hit a break right now. It's In This League on FNTSY. We will be right back. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In this league. on FNTSY. It's myself, Scott Bogman. You can find me on Twitter at Bogman Sports, and it's I almost called you your real name. <laughs> I don't know if you... It, it are, doesn't bug me. Okay, okay. Me That's why I was like, you can find him on Twitter at BDentric. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I just wasn't sure. So, uh, you know, yeah. th- there's some people that really don't like that real name out there. So, um, yeah. you know... Just, no, but it, does, it doesn't bug me. I start sending outlines and show notes to people, and all of a sudden I get this Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is because I'm staring, you know, we, we record this on Skype and I'm, I'm uh, staring at your Skype and your full name is right there. So that's uh, that was my problem. But uh, diving back into these games, one of the most fun games of this week, Bubba, uh, not real name, is uh, uh, Seattle 40, Tampa Bay 34. Great game to watch. Fun one to watch. Way over. You picked this uh, ex- exactly right. Um, and, I mean, this was fun to see because Mike Evans had a huge game again, 12 for 180 in a score. And it's like the only Aggie that I like because I have him on so many fantasy teams. And I have Tyler Lockett in uh, even more spots. So uh, those two uh, made this game fun for me to watch. And Russell Wilson threw five touchdowns. So um, what do you think of this one? This was amazing. Like we could do a whole segment on this game if we really wanted to. This this was everything from a fantasy perspective that you possibly could want. You had missed field goals that just gave you another Russell Wilson touchdown. Um, he almost throws for 400 yards. Chris Carson ate and got his. Like usually when you see a shootout, the running back gets forgotten about. Nope. Yeah, you know, 16 carries for 105. Tyler Lockett, we talk about it all the time. The relationship that Lockett and Wilson have – they're so just like in sync because it's not usually volume. It's just efficiency. He had 13 catches this week. It was ridiculous on the Seahawks side of things. And then you mentioned the Bucks. They just kept it going. Usually you think Winston gets his points because it's, you know, they're coming from behind. No, the Bucks were kind of in control of this game. Only one that, turnover for Winston. Yeah, I got I missed that one, folks. I missed that <laughs> one. I took the over three and a half on that one. I will call the, the loss on that one. Big L right here. I ate the L on that one. But um, it was 
he's he's doing it, Boggs. Like you, you were talking about Derek Carr right before the break. Like how, how is he doing it? Winston's almost the same story. It's like we've seen Winston do it before. But at the same time, he's doing it consistently right now. Even when he throws his picks, he's got the yards and the touchdowns. He's putting fantasy points on the board during these heavy bye weeks where maybe you draft him as a, a QB2 and you didn't want to play him. He's paying off in, in diamonds for you right now. And then you mentioned Evans and uh, Godwin. It's great to know the, that's where the ball's going. The last thing I'll say before I get too tongue-tied here, <laughs> Ronald Jones uh. is the man. And I, that's why I wanted to say it for last right there. That little sigh. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that, Bugs? Well, I was a gigantic Ronald Jones fan when he was coming out of college because, uh, first of all, I got my first look at him when he was running all over Texas. So Texas and USC had a home and home when he was in college. And to me, it's funny because I've seen all kinds of different comparisons. And the big one that people, of course, Dumb people, you know, they, they wanted to compare him to Jamal Charles and uh, I that whatever the comparison is fine because he had dreadlocks coming out of the back of his helmet a little bit and he's super fast like I get it. So uh, it doesn't he doesn't have to touch the ball a million times to uh, be productive. But in this offense, it the run game doesn't do much in the Bruce Arians offense. And, you know, the Steelers won a Super Bowl with Noel De Morris are starting running back one year. So uh, that was under Bruce Arians. So it's just not it's not going to be good for the running back. But he's looked better here. My comparison and um, knock on wood, if you're with me here, was Robert Smith from the Vikings. Do you remember old school Robert Smith? Yes, Robert Smith, who does, uh, I believe, college football for ESPN now. Uh, Robert Smith was very, very good, and not many talked about him unless he played fantasy sports. Now, do you know that Robert Smith, when he left the NFL initially, became a uh, musical doctor? I would never have guessed that, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me he got busted for something. I'm like, hey, that happens no, in the NFL. No, but, uh, no. He, he was not the Viking with the Wizenator. That was uh, uh, Ori- that was. Was it Orion Smith? Who was it? No, that was it was Smith. He was from my backyard. I'm originally from uh, a town in Northern California. And <laughs> I believe this Smith guy was from uh, the Sacramento area. I believe, I believe he played at Grant High School in Sacramento. And uh, we, we that, that Grant High School had a couple wide receivers that went pro. They had him playing running back. It was like watching for us in California. It's like watching the team in Texas, probably where they probably paid for their players. That's what Grant <laughs> did. And um, yeah, not Ontario Smith. Uh, it'll come to me. Eventually, it's Ontario but I Smith. I oh, looked it, it up. Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wizenator. Yeah, Ontario in, in the, Smith. In the airport. Not even in the, the, the room that the guy watches you. It was in the airport like a moron. <laughs> Uh, check that bag, stupid. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. yes. This is a, this is definitely in a duty free zone. Come on. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, what a, what an idiot. Uh, I love that story. How about uh, Cleveland losing in Denver, Bubba? I mean, Brandon Allen, uh, I, I was starting the, the Browns defense everywhere because I thought is Brandon Allen. What are we doing here? You know? And, uh, he looked good. I mean, that first touchdown catch by Cortland Sutton was insane. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Cortland Sutton looks good regardless of who's throwing him the football. That's for sure. Uh, but Philip Lindsay had a couple nice runs in here and Mayfield just can't put it together. I was uh, talking on the black book with uh, Joe and Chris and I was saying, look, Sam Darnold might have five touchdowns and four turnovers, but he still has more touchdowns and turnovers. You know who doesn't? Baker Mayfield. 
Baker Mayfield has more turnovers and touchdowns. It's been an ugly year for the Browns. Uh, it's just the, the media and stuff. Like, if there's a place that needs to turn the TV off, it ain't with Sam Darnold and Lego head with the Jets. It's in Cleveland because the expectations were so high and they have dwindled so much. What do you see in this game? I'm sensing a trend here, Boggs, that there's just a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now. <laughs> um, Brandon Allen, he got the job done. He got a lot of help. You mentioned the Sutton catch, which was good to see Sutton still get a lot of a lot of work. That was really good to see. Like Noah Font had a massive like eighty something yard touchdown. That that padded the stats for sure. Um, you go to you go to the brown the brown side of it. Mayfield's bad. He needs help dressing up after games. Um, <laughs> Chubb Chubb really couldn't get it going. You get you get Hunt back this week. Can't wait to see how Freddie Kitchen screws that whole thing up. And then OBJ. Uh, I was watching the local game here. I think it was Raiders Lions actually. And when it ended, they sent us to to Cleveland and Denver. And the sideline reporter, I believe, it was Jay Feely. And it was after the fourth down play that OBJ was wide open for a touchdown, wide open, and never got the ball. And OBJ walks up right past him and goes, "Man, they just never want to throw me the ball. I'm always open. They never want to throw me the ball." First thing into my head, oh, this is going to age perfectly, folks. <laughs> perfectly. Here we go. He's been Mr. Quiet and Good, and it's about to unfold halfway through the season. It's um, Does Freddie Kitchens make it through the year? Oh, man. I, I think he does because, I like, who are you going to replace him with right now? So you're already 2-6. and six. You're out of a playoff spot at this point. Uh, I, I, I know everyone talks about the schedule getting easier for the Browns down the stretch, and it does. So it, it softens up here. Let me just take a look. Um, it, it does soften up for sure. Like OBJ after this week against the Bills has some very cush matchups that he should go bananas in. I mean, just the Browns overall winning, too. You got the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Steelers. They could win all three, three wins. Yeah. I mean, uh, at least at least two wins. Uh, you would think probably the one at home. Maybe you split with Pittsburgh, but you're beating Miami. Uh, yep. Cincinnati, you win. Uh, you, you should beat... Um, the Cardinals after that. And then you have the Ravens week 16 championship week. It's not good for us fantasy nerds, but then at the Bengals last week. So uh, I don't want to count the Browns out. I don't want to say they're dead, but if they keep playing the way they're playing and losing games like this one, you know, what we really said was because going into this Denver game, you had played uh, Tennessee and the Jets, which you should have won both those, but you lost to Tennessee. OK, then you lose to the Rams. Uh, they beat the Ravens and then they beat uh, they lost to the Niners, who are undefeated, the Seahawks, who are good and the Patriots. So you can excuse all those losses, but losing uh, to Denver's uh, third string quarterback here is not something that's excusable. So I think that's why you hear more rumblings about Freddie Kitchens being fired and all that stuff now because it's acceptable to lose to Seattle and uh, New England, but it ain't to Denver on their third-string quarterback. So Yeah, because I was with you. I, I played their, I picked up and played their defense everywhere, thinking, oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, not so much. They're dropped right now, to tell you the truth. Dropped yeah. them all, yeah. everywhere. Why Why? Why would you keep them? I mean, you're yeah. not going to keep them this week. So. And what, what are you doing? Or what do you, I know what you're doing, but what do you, what do you think uh, the Kareem Hunt impact is going to be? Because I've heard things everywhere, and the scariest thing I've heard is Freddie Kitchen say, yes, he will definitely eat into Nick Chubb's workload. Well, yeah, but, I mean, any carry is eating into Nick Chubb's workload, right? So that's True. not, you know, I mean, people got to – you got to get granular with some of these comments because people take that and they read it as a headline and they think, oh, 50-50 split. 
that doesn't mean anything. It means nothing, yeah. literally nothing, because it's, well, yeah, he's going to eat into him because he hasn't played literally once at all this year. I think 10 touches is what you're looking at okay. this week. And I think he's going to take a little bit away from Chubb. And that was the fear of drafting Chubb. But to be honest, that's why I was taking Joe Mixon. And that did not pan yeah. out. The offensive to, line. The, the name that does not need to be. Right, right. The 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 offensive line uh, all got banged up before the season started. And Andy Dalton can't pass the ball forward. So uh, it's been ugly for Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon's ready. Like, I mean, I think if you took Joe Mixon and dropped him in New England, he'd be perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, they can't get anything done in Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to eat into Chubb, but I don't I'm not going to make. First of all, I don't have many shares of Chubb. I think I have one and I don't have any shares of Kareem Hunt. So um, I'm just uh, I, I luckily I've avoided it, um, but I don't expect. Kareem Hunt to come in and take the job away from Chubb or anything crazy like that. And I think it'll be a split in Chubb's favor for the rest of the season. That's kind of how I see it. Do you kind of yeah. see it the same way there? Yeah, it's got to be Chubb's job. Yes, I, I, I would like it to be like a 66-33 type thing. That, that's where I'd like to see it, but I'm worried it's more going to be 60-40, 55-45 by the end. Like, yeah. Because we know how dynamic Hunt can be, and you know all the coaches have to see that. That's why they took the gamble on him. We know how quickly he can bust a play, but so can Chubb. But it just makes you wonder. The other part of it, and I, don't, I guess we don't need to go too much longer on this idea, but Hunt, you want him to be a part of the passing game. I already opened up saying OBJ's not happy. If you start trying to make a point to give Hunt the ball and not OBJ, this could get a lot of fun in Cleveland. Like I, I told people they need to go lock up the beer things again. <laughs> uh, it'll turn into the purge if they don't win another game the rest hey, of the season. If any team needs to get, if any city needs to get purged, it might be Cleveland. <laughs> that is not me saying that. That's Casey Bubba. Although I am yep. silently agreeing with him. Um, <laughs> the Chargers over the Packers, 26-11 here. The Packers just got spanked, and uh, Aaron Rodgers called it a wake-up call. He said we came in a little too arrogant, and he's absolutely right. 161 yards passing for him. Aaron Jones only 30 yards, um, 29 total. Actually had negative one receiving yards. And, um, you know, uh, Devontae Adams played, and they couldn't get him the ball. I mean, he caught seven passes, but for 41 yards. So the Chargers buckled down here. Are we expecting more of this from the Chargers moving forward? This is what they do, Boggs. It's the second half Chargers. They're going to make a run of, can they get in the wild card? Oh, they're the scariest team in the postseason. All this kind of stuff. And it's what they will do. Because Rivers, they have another. They have these nice matchups. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Gordon looked a little better. So I, as much as I want Eckler to be the guy, if at least Gordon's formidable, it's good. You got Williams and Allen. Allen is going to keep getting better and better again. Now they, He's always banged up. I think he's going to have more of a role. The Chargers are going to win more football games. It's just a matter of they used to be able to count on the Raiders being bad. Uh, the, the Broncos are still bad, but it's always hard playing in a mile high, stuff like that. It, it's going to be interesting, but I do think they'll be better. As long as you have both on that front line, that defense will be better. Now, uh, on the Green Bay side, are you worried about them or is this a blip on the radar? This is a blip on the radar. Like I loved what Aaron, like I'm, I'm a kind of closet. I like the Packers. I like Wisconsin stuff. I have buddies from Wisconsin. I like watching them and I listened to some Rogers stuff this week. And I love the fact he flat out said we overlooked them. Basically our prep was bad. This was a wake up call. He answered everything. Like he never hid from it. And it was evidence watching him. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just put a mud hole in Carolina this week. Now, two games that didn't, uh, I mean, one game turned out exactly as expected. I mean, I don't even know how much we need to go into the Monday night football game between the, the Cowboys and 
the Giants. The biggest thing coming. You don't out want to talk Black the, Cat. Is the Black Cat right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, look, I've I've got enough cats. We don't need to talk about any more cats. So have uh, you didn't send your adoption letters in yet? Can I have the cat, please? I may have sent them, but uh, I have I've yet to hear back from them. And it's funny because you know Sports Grid, uh, the the studios at the Meadowlands. So uh, I I might be able to get that done for real, but I I didn't actually. Uh, do you, do you do you think the Black Cat mysteriously shows up on one of Joe's shows on Sunday? Uh, it better not. That would be amazing. <laughs> it better Absolutely not. Absolutely amazing. Uh, well, he's he's deathly allergic to cats anyway, so it better not. Yeah, okay, I don't mean it amazing in that respect. I don't want to be real <laughs> to the man that's that's helping publish the black book and all. Like, it it would be hilarious thing. if he screamed like a little girl if it ran towards him. That would be that's fun. more what I'm going for. Uh, <laughs> but the Sunday night game was the most interesting game of the week because the Ravens beat up on the Patriots 37-20, gave them their first loss, and Lamar Jackson put himself into legitimate MVP conversation here. Uh, uh, just a fun game to watch overall, seeing the Patriots get beat. And I, I feel like you could hear people's opinions changing on Lamar Jackson all in one nationally televised game. So uh, and I'm not a Ravens fan at all, but I am a Lamar Jackson fan. I was uh, I was behind him coming into the draft. I said, you got to put him in the five. There are people that wanted to put him in, you know, um, as a wide receiver and stuff, Bill Polding, in fact, had to retract his statement the other day. So what did you see in this uh, Patriots beating? What I saw in this Patriots beating was the souls of Boston was getting ripped out of their bodies. <laughs> it made everything inside me warm and tingly. It was amazing. <laughs> um, I don't get a lot of joys in life. I think the last time I talked this exciting was when Clayton Kershaw gave up two home runs to the Washington Nationals. This was amazing because – Yes, I am very aware, people. The Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl. They'll probably win it again. I'm not stupid. You have to give me the 60 minutes of joy. That's all I asked for because <laughs> it was absolutely everything you could dream of and more. Lamar Jackson made Tom Brady his little his little his little friend. Um, that's the best way I can say it. It was it was awesome. They did whatever they wanted. Every time it looked like the Patriots were coming back, then they just got the no no go away, and it was. It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, there's a lot of things I want to say that probably aren't good for radio right now. <laughs> but um, like right now, like my legs are like shaking because I'm so excited watching that game. If people watch, looked at my Twitter feed, A, I say a lot of things I say there because Patriots fan bases are one of those fan bases that take things way too seriously. That's so I toy, with, I toy with you. And B, I meant a lot of it too. So uh-huh. it was really, really awesome. Well, I tell you what, if you want to see a, a fun tweet, go go look at one of Joe's most recent ones where he said, just just let it be known that the Browns could have taken Saquon Barkley and Lamar yes. Jackson and wow. people went nuts. But uh, that is uh, our guy at Joe Pisa PS17 if you guys want to see this. But we got to take a break. That's our one in the books. We're going to talk about the games coming up this Sunday and Monday right after this break an hour or two of In This League on FNPSY. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevitz, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.